Less than 24 hours after the Seahawks publicly revealed their initial 53-man roster, the roster, roster shuffling has already kicked off for the Seahawks. We'll break down the two waiver claims they were awarded today and their 15 practice squad players in a jam-packed episode of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked On Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined for our Wednesday episode by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s out there, whether you're listening in Puyallup or Jamaica. We greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We're going to be breaking down two new additions to the Seahawks roster, two more rookies joining the 53-man that were with other teams during training camp awarded via waivers to exciting young players. At that, we're going to look at the 15 players signed to the Seahawks practice squad, and we're going to discuss which areas we still view as potential concerns for the Seahawks now that their 53-man roster is starting to take shape. For week one, it's going to be a jam-packed episode coming your way courtesy of LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedInNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedInNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now for your lead story here on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You can't say that we didn't warn you. As we mentioned yesterday, the initial 53-man roster, it's not going to be the roster the Seahawks have when they go against the Rams in week one. That can already be said less than 24 hours later. The Seahawks being awarded two players off of waivers from other teams. Caillou Blue Kelly, the corner formerly of Stanford, was with the Ravens, a fifth-round pick. And Drake Thomas, the undrafted linebacker who spent time with the Las Vegas Raiders, had a very good preseason. Both of those players were guys that their respective teams were hoping they could sneak onto the practice squad, but the Seahawks had other plans, the highest team that claimed both of them. They're going to be added to the 53-man roster. And I know, Rob, this is one of those – we like both players, but I think in this case – that you might like one player more than what I do and then vice versa, which is a good problem to have when you're looking at waiver claims. Well, not, not necessarily. I, I love both these players. I, I really think that these are two terrific signings by the Seahawks. And we talked about this yesterday, Corbin. I, mean, I think this is one of the reasons why Seattle was as late in announcing their uh, their their roster as they were. I think that they were basically assessing the different talent that was out there. And to be able to get Caillou Blue Kelly and Drake Thomas, uh, you know, because their, their clubs did try to sneak them through the waiver wire, I think that you got to give John Schneider and his pro scouts an awful lot of credit i think that the seahawks stole these two players i mean the expression all those fans back there in, in the day you know uh, uh, bruce willis you know the expression was yippee kai yagle not anymore now it's yippee kai you because Caillou blue kelly can absolutely play i mean he's such a seahawk i mean he's this is a guy who his father Brian Kelly was a star at USC. He was a second round pick, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, played in the league for like, I don't know, a decade or so. 
And then you look at Caillou Blue Kelly. He played at Stanford, as you mentioned. Seahawks have had some success with some of those Stanford players before, of course. He's got the long arms. He's got great ball skills. He was a senior bowl standout. He was all of the things that check all of those Seahawks boxes that we've talked about in the past. So I, I really think, again, this is a terrific signing, in my opinion, by the Seahawks. And then with Drake Thomas, the linebacker, look, he's short. He's a little slower than you'd like. He also turned down offers to Alabama and Michigan to sign with his home state, North Carolina State, which, again, Seattle has gone with a couple of short players from NC State, at least that's where they started, um, and had some success there as well. And with Drake Thomas, he's just got terrific instincts. He reminds me a little bit of a former Seahawk, a former New Orleans Saint, former Buffalo Bill David Hawthorne, in that he is just so much more physical than you might expect for a guy who's 5'11", 230 pounds. Again, I think that both these two guys are home run kind of signings at this point in the season. Those are rare. So I, I applaud the Seahawks. I think that they absolutely play this beautifully. I'm not going to suggest that either one of these players are going to be competing for starting reps immediately, but I do think that these are not just bottom of the barrel signs. These are guys who actually could make a, an impact on this roster in terms of depth, in terms of special teams, and in terms of having real upside to them. Um, so again, I, I could not be more excited from uh, you know just a follower of the Seahawks that they got two players that just make this team Team younger, more athletic, more instinctive, more physical. And if you want to win, that's what it comes down to. If you follow our friend Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, yep. as you mentioned, Kyle Blue Kelly was one of these standout corners in Mobile this year after his senior season at Stanford. And he said that they nearly had a top 100 grade on yep. Kelly. And he checks off a lot of the boxes the Seahawks are looking for. He has those 32-plus inch arms. He's at his best when he's up playing press coverage and he's playing in zone cover drop back. And if you watch Ravens preseason games at all, I actually watched one of them. He made a couple really nice tackles in short yarded situations and goal line situations. He is consistently able to get guys to the ground, which we know that is a big thing the Seahawks are looking for at that cornerback spot. But I'm most excited about the other player. I think that Kelly is going to be able to have an impact on special teams I think Drake Thomas, we talked about him in the pre-draft process. Rob, he was in my top 10 inside linebacker prospects. In fact, he was number six on my list. I had an early day three grade on him, and he didn't get drafted. And you mentioned some of the reasons why. He's short, didn't test as well, wasn't invited to combine, blah, blah, blah. All this dude did was just rack up numbers, though. Last year, over 100 tackles, seven and a half sacks as an off-ball linebacker. And he had 19 tackles for loss. He's just a football player. I watched two games that the Raiders had in the preseason. I didn't even realize that they cut him. I just skimmed over his name and didn't realize that he was on their list because he had a really good preseason. And I watched the press conference today from Josh McDaniels, and he was getting asked about that. You could just tell by the body language how aggravated he was that they lost this kid. He had a great preseason for them and, and I'm just stunned the Raiders even thought they were going to sneak him into their practice squad because that off-ball linebacker position is hard to find really good players at that spot coming out of the college level right now this year's draft class wasn't great at that position that's a risky player to roll the dice on and Seattle made them pay the Seahawks had a visit with this kid too so this should not be surprising they have been on Drake Thomas he's been on their radar 
pretty much the entire pre-draft process because he's got production. He plays faster than what his testing time suggests. And I love the David Hawthorne comparison, Rob, because that's kind of how he plays the game. He's he's not super flashy, but then you look and you're like, he had two tackles for loss in this game, and he had 16 tackles. I mean, the guy is around the football constantly, sideline to sideline. He's decent in coverage, and clearly he can blitz seven and a half sacks last year at NC State. So this is a kid that I think has starter upside in the NFL. I think he can be that good. And the reason I'm really excited about this, no offense to John Radigan, who was waived after this move was made, but John Radigan just doesn't have the playmaking ability on defense that this kid does. And oh, by the way, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, and Devin Bush are all free agents next year. So Drake Thomas, this is a chance for you to show what you can do. And he can be part of this defense as a foundational piece moving forward. So I can't say that very often about waiver claims, but that's the kind of ceiling that I think this kid has. Yeah, that's the thing is I am again, really excited about both of these signings and, and that's the thing is sometimes I think that people get so excited about the height, weight, size, speed, all that kind of stuff. I, I understand that. I mean, as, as a scout, that, that's what we're looking for. But I also just want to see instincts. I want to see physicality. I want to see production against the top level of competition. And we're talking about two guys who were stars in the Pac-12 and the ACC, and not for a year. It wasn't a flash. These were very consistent players. Yep. So, uh, again, to me, this, this was two really outstanding signs by the Seahawks and guys that I agree with you. I think this is not just a one-year or one-week kind of a rental the way that some, some of these other signs, I think, the waiver wire processes are going to be. I think that we might be hearing the two names, Drake Thomas and Kyrie Boo Kelly, in, in Seattle Blue for an awful long time. Yeah, it's a little different than last year when Isaiah Dunn and Daryl Johnson were signed. And those guys were solid reserves to have on the roster, but those weren't players that you were considering. There might be upside to play on Sundays as a starter, potentially. And I think you can make those arguments. It's going to be tough for Kelly with what Seattle's invested at that quarterback spot. But uh, again, Drake Thomas, you look at 2024 and beyond, if he can play well this year and maybe get himself into that competition next year depending on who returns in 2024 I still I still think that there's a chance that he could be a player that can play on Sundays as a starting linebacker in the NFL getting a guy like that on waiver claims is always an exciting development and oh by the way I tweeted this earlier but Rob 45.2 percent of Seattle's roster right now rookies and second year players that is an awesome deal because you've got a very young team that still expects they're going to be competing for a playoff spot on top of that to go with the veterans. So you add these two rookies to the fold. It's a very young team with a lot of upside, certainly an exciting development for the Seahawks. Yeah. And that's one of the things really quickly, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Corbin, but you know, I've been fortunate enough to have some conversations with John Schneider over the years. And I can tell you this, when the Seahawks won their Super Bowl, the thing that he was most excited about is at least to that point, you have to kind of check the numbers on this since, but at least to that point, it was the youngest team that ever won a Super Bowl in league history. And I think that's exactly what the Seahawks are trying to do again. Um, Because as you just mentioned, 45% of your roster is first and second year players. Pete Carroll, the master motivator that he is, the former, of course, Hall Hall of Fame college coach that he is. And I think someday is going to be a Hall of Famer in the NFL as well. Those young players just seem like they have not only the, the mentality that he's looking for, but the youth, the health, the ability to bounce back from injury. So again, the, uh, you know, Seattle is just has this, uh, you know, ability to kind of turn over the roster and they are doing it yet again. Buckle up Seahawks fans. This could be an exciting season. 
Coming up next, we are going to look at the 15 players that were announced as practice squad signings. And I'll give you a hint. You'll know all these players because they all played for the Seahawks, just as Pete Carroll was hoping for. They were all in the Seahawks roster and training camp of preseason. We'll look at that 15-player practice squad and what may be coming next up next year on our Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks, which is brought your way by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. When I was a site manager, LinkedIn Jobs was my go-to to post writing positions to land top candidates, and they made the process easy and seamless. All you have to do is create your job post and add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. They offer simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked in NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined as always by my co-host in crime, Rob Rang. And a special thanks to all the 12s, as always. Thanks for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. For everydayers out there, we are going to continue looking at the roster shakeup coming up on tomorrow's episode because this is going to be how it's going to go for a while. There are going to be moves. There might be some injured reserve stuff coming up for the Seahawks as well. And we might start to look towards that L.A. Rams team that's going to be coming to town at Lumen Field in week one as well, getting close to that first game of the regular season. You won't want to miss it. Let's get to the practice squad news here. And this is one of the things fans get really excited about. And I'll say sometimes fans get nervous about it because there's always the idea, I don't want to release this guy because I'm worried that he's going to get claimed by somebody else. And we saw that snake bite, the Raiders and the Ravens with the two players that the Seahawks got today off waivers, but less than 3% of the players that were waived yesterday as part of that first cut down got claimed by somebody else. There was less than 25 waiver claims in the entire NFL. So that is typically good news for teams like the Seahawks that want to get as many of their players back in the practice squad. And Rob, they didn't have a single guy that was claimed by another team off their waiver. So that gave them incredible flexibility to bring back the players they hope to bring back on the practice squad. And I know there are several defensive players that fans are going to be really excited to know are sticking around in the Pacific Northwest. Well, I think just to start off, Levi Bell is a player that we had talked about so much before um, as far as being a splashy guy for the Seahawks. Certainly, from as you mentioned, from the Pacific Northwest, I mean, Lakes High Zone, uh, Matt Gotell is a guy that, you know, I thought really had a strong performance, especially against the Green Bay Packers in that final preseason game. And we kind of talked about that. We wanted to see, uh, you know, the, the players who were ascending throughout uh, the, the preseason. So to me, that was one of the most exciting developments here. Um, again, as we discussed in yesterday's show, uh, you know, I, I think that it, it just kind of goes back to the, the philosophy of the Seahawks to kind of wait until they make their roster known publicly. Um, and that's going to give other uh, competitive teams out there who are scanning the waiver wire a little bit less time to, you know, kind of get a feel for what's out there. And of course, NFL teams have this ability to see this before the general public, but still it's less time 
And so why, if you're either competing or you're not kind of a thing. And so I, I think that this worked in Seattle's advantage. I think it gave them more time to try to talk their players into saying, hey, we do want to bring you back. You should stay here rather than perhaps listen to your agent who might be saying, oh, there could be a different opportunity elsewhere. Uh, again, I, I think that the fact that there were so many players who who stuck with the, the teams that they had just spent training camp and preseason games re-signing with those clubs, I think it's just a testament to the loyalty that you see uh, throughout this entire process, at least from the player side. So to me, again, when you look at the players that were that the Seattle re-signed here, I think that there are some possible future players that could be scratching for legitimate playing opportunities here. When, when Seattle is going to be going up against a team that can really run the ball, a guy like Mac Cotel might be able to get himself onto the field when they're going up against a team that you know is going to throw the ball an awful lot. I think a, a designated pass rusher, as I believe is Levi Bell's strength, for example, I think that he makes some sense. As I mentioned before, I'm really excited about Caillou Blue Kelly, but I'm really excited about uh, you know the, the the cornerback as well, whose name is now escaping me. But Lance uh, Boykin, I believe, Boykin. is the one you're going to be. I'm excited about Boykin too. I, exactly. I, I like the size and I like the physicality he brings to the position. Exactly. That, that to me is, again, one of the reasons why I love the, that the practice squad has been expanded as the NFL has done it. I see a lot of guys that with just a little bit of, of polish, I really think could be significant contributors into the NFL. So again, uh, a credit to the Seahawks for basically calling. I mean, Pete Carroll said it. He was going to be bringing back several of the players that had been on Seattle's roster this entire time. And uh, that's exactly what they wound up doing. Yeah, all 15 signings, including the defensive players they brought back, all of them were with the team during training camp in the preseason. And Pete Carroll made that clear after the loss in Green Bay. They wanted to keep this group together. He said 69 players here are going to be with us. So he was saying 16 players on the practice squad. Now, there is a spot that is dog-eared right now for John Radigan, who was waived today after Drake Thomas was awarded off of waivers. Seattle added him to their 53-man roster John Radigan is going to be brought back on the practice squad as long as he clears waivers. I expect that he's going to. Uh, even less likely that a guy is going to get plucked up in the second set of waivers uh, as teams are trying to get down to 53 players. But they've got that spot open for him. So he would be the other linebacker. I'm excited about Patrick O'Connell getting to stay on board because he really flashed at times in the preseason for this team. He finished second on the Seahawks in tackles had a couple nice plays in the line of scrimmage, and he's a really good athlete. He's a guy that I feel like you can do some fun stuff with. He had a lot of sacks in college for a reason. He's got some versatility to his game. Still needs to add a little bit more muscle to his body, I think, but this is a guy, I think, with a redshirt season on the practice squad, could compete for some snaps. We mentioned that linebacker position. you got your top three veterans, all free agents next year. A player like O'Connell, a player like Drake Thomas – this is an important year for you to maybe stake out a claim to be able to compete for playing time on defense for the Seahawks a year from now. So I'm glad to see him back. Very excited to see Levi Bell back on the roster with what he did in training camp in the preseason. And I think he's one of the guys that could have a chance to get moved to the 53-man roster still if we have a couple guys land on injured reserve. And as we anticipate, could happen here in the next couple of days for the Seahawks. Levi Bell might be that natural guy to move right up because I think he was probably – that last guy off the roster, one of the last two or three guys off the roster, gives him a chance to be on the team. And Matt Gotell was really good in the preseason against the run. So they need any big bodies they can. Given the nose tackle situation, if Cameron Young's not healthy week one, Gotell now is here available for you. You can move him up 
promote him and you can get him in the lineup and you hope that he can help shut down the Rams running game in week one. As for the offense, Rob, this is where most of the practice squad signings went to. Nine of the 15 players that were signed today to the practice squad on offense, including two running backs, not just Sir Roger Thompson Jr., but they brought back Bryant Kobach who I was really excited about what I saw from him in that first preseason game. He got banged up and they ended up releasing him, but now he is back. He's healthy. So they can get him back on the field. Those two guys provide really nice insurance policies. You've got Kate Johnson, Matt Landers, Aesop Winston at the receiver position, Holton Ehlers to continue developing at quarterback, a couple of linemen in Greg Island and Joey Hunt and Tyler Mabry. We expected he was going to be back as that experienced veteran insurance policy at tight end. Yeah, you know, again, as kind of expected, um, you know, when you look at the Seahawks and the way that they create their 53-man roster, um, you you have the three specialists, and then oftentimes you'll see clubs go 25 on offense, 25 on defense. So considering that the Seahawks started this out with 26 on defense, 24 on offense, it makes sense to have a slightly higher number on the offensive side of the ball for their practice squad. And so if you're looking at these nine players here, I think you have to start off the conversation with the quarterback, Colton Aylers, who we were both really intrigued by what he demonstrated, uh, you know, on on the preseason uh, slate for the Seahawks um, and, and the way that he just showed poise down the stretch in those football games to me was one of the most in, in, intriguing things about him. We all can see the athletic ability, you know, the, the left arm, you know, the, the left handed throwing, it gives you a different look. And that, that I think is important when, uh, you know, you're trying to set up for, you know, your next opponent. I mean, he's going to be part of the, the scout team potentially uh, to be able to uh, allow the CX to get a little bit of a different look than what Geno Smith or Drew Locke might provide. So I think, again, those things are important. I love the different, the variety at the wide receiver position. You know, I've, I've used that Baskin Robbins, pick your own flavor kind of expression so many different times, but Esau Winston and Matt Landers could not be too much more different at the wide receiver position. You got one guy who's, you know, kind of a short, very quick guy with some return game. The other guy is, you know, 6'4", 200 pounds can absolutely fly as a, is an excellent vertical receiver. So you love again, that the versatility that provides to me, that's one of the most exciting things about this is that Seattle really has set themselves up for pretty well is that if if there are any type of injuries that happen through your starters as the process goes on throughout the regular season and of course there will be then you've got legitimate bodies who know your system and have the frame to be able to handle that jump into the regular rotation so again to me it's an exciting development here with, with who Seattle was able to bring back and then finally I, I wasn't going to talk too much about the running backs because I know that's what you love but I 100% agree with you in terms of the running backs that Seattle brought, and that was one of the conversations we had before. I really thought that Seattle's running back rotation would be one of the you know the the, the positional groups that other NFL clubs around the league would really envy for Seattle to get back their choice of their running backs. Uh, you know, it's Roger Thompson and, as well as Brian Kobach. To me, is a, a huge, huge win because I think that both of them should be on active rosters in the NFL. Yeah, I think both of them are capable players to play on Sunday. So having them as insurance policies, if you have an injury or two in the backfield, Seattle should have no confidence issues. Pete Carroll is not going to have an issue putting Sir Roger Thompson out there. He has earned that right with how he played in the preseason. And the one game Kobach played in, he played well as a rusher and a receiver in that game. So both these guys have NFL caliber talent. And so being able to get him on your practice squad, I think is a big deal. 
And you talked about the receivers. To me, that's the most important thing to discuss here because I know Jackson Smith and Jigba is on the practice field making catches, but he's still he's got that big brace on. I still am a bit skeptical about him being ready to play in a football game on September 10th. Now, we'll see. He got back on the practice field faster than I anticipated. Maybe he will be ready to play in that game. But you have given yourself so much flexibility because Kay Johnson has played in a number of NFL games. He was very productive at the end of the year last year as that natural slot replacement. You've got Matt Landers, who's the big play threat downfield if you want to have another guy that could take the top off a of defense and Aesop Winston can also play that slot position run routes and do some damage in the middle of the field so they've got some good alternatives there if Smith and Jigba's not ready if Dariq Young's on injured reserve they can either put them on the 53 or they can elevate them as practice squad promotions for a game depending on the week so they have given themselves a lot of flexibility kind of picking choose which receivers that they want to bring up. So I think the skill positions, just like on the actual roster, I think that that is really the strength of this offensive group the Seahawks have assembled on their practice squad. You're listening to the Wednesday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my coast in crime, Rob Rang. A special thanks to all the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. For our everydayers, there's going to be more news to tackle tomorrow. We may have some injuries to break down. We'll be taking a look at what's happening on the practice field for the Seahawks as well. Jam-packed Thursday episode coming your way. You won't want to miss it. We now know the 53-man roster. At least we know most of it. It's going to have some changes as we saw today. But a lot of the players that are on that roster right now, they will be playing or dressing in week one for the Seahawks against the Rams. The good portion of the practice squad players they sign now are going to still be on the practice squad. There's always a little mixing and matching on that group as well. But we generally know who's going to be on the 53 and the practice squad, Rob. And so now we have a chance to revisit areas of concern. That's what every team is looking at right now when they're trying to figure out who they're going to claim on waivers, which players that are free agents might be worth bringing on once they clear waivers. The Seahawks are still doing their diligence on a number of players that didn't get plucked up on waiver claims yesterday. So you're always looking for ways to improve your roster, even this time of year. And I think you and I would be in agreement that there's still one position group that stands out as that clear area of concern for the Seahawks going into the start of the regular season. Well, we didn't talk about this prior to today's show. So, uh, you know, I I don't know for sure, but at least for me, it's still along the defensive line and specifically in the interior of the defensive line. Look, I have ever since Seattle brought back Jaron Reed, uh, you know, I've been super excited about that possibility. I just think that he brings an element of toughness um, as well as size and strength um, that I really think that Seattle, frankly, was lacking a little bit at times a a season ago. Um, So I I feel like they're pretty good there and i'm a big fan of cameron young but of course he's got to be available and that to me you mentioned this a couple of moments ago that i i'm curious to see uh what happens tomorrow in the next couple of days if seattle does have to make some some tough decisions when it comes to a guy like a Cameron Young or a Mike Morris. If neither of those players are available relatively early in the season, then I think the Seattle has left themselves a little bit vulnerable. Now, starting off against a Los Angeles Rams team that, hey, look, I don't want to assume anything. This is the NFL after all. But I do think that Seattle is significantly more gifted than the Rams are, and they should be fine in that 
opener. But as, as the season goes on, I do worry from a Seattle perspective if if they're lack of bodies uh, at that, uh, you know, at the interior, lack of proven uh, producers uh, in the interior does come back to bite them a little bit. So to me, that is still something that I think that Seattle should very much be kind of keeping an eye on. And I'll say it right now, I am stunned that Jacob Sykes, to me, one of the preseason standouts for this club um, is not among the players, at least currently on Seattle's practice squad or others um, out there. So to me, that that's one that I, I think that you know, Seattle may want to kind of keep their eyes open. Uh, far be it for me to, to uh, suggest that I know better than the Seattle than the Seahawks do, but I do think that he is a legitimate uh, player in the in, in the NFL, and I think that, uh, that if they don't sign him, that somebody else will here pretty soon. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise for me because you and I both had him making the fifty-three man roster, and. I could still see some dominoes falling here. And, and the fact that he hasn't been plucked up by anybody else here, you know, maybe the Seahawks have stayed in contact with him. Like, hey, look, we've got some other things we need to take care of in the next few days, getting some players in injury reserve. If Mike Morris is one of those guys, then Seattle might be moving one of the players from practice squad up to the active roster. Now you got a spot opened. And I'm just surprised that they didn't make that a priority now, though, to get him or Roderick Perry on the practice squad because – I would think that you would want to have at least two interior defensive linemen with some of the injuries that they're dealing with and the lack of depth they have, even when players like Cameron Young and Mike Morris are healthy. There are enough question marks there that I'm surprised that they didn't have more than one. And maybe that changes here in the next few days with some of the other moves they have to make. But that is still easily the area that is the biggest concern for me. I don't want to say that receiver depth is a concern at all because we've mentioned before, you know, you've obviously got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You think Jackson Smith at Jigba is going to be available fairly early, if not available week one, but Derek Young, Cody Thompson, both candidates to be on injured reserve. And then that leaves you with all the guys that are on the practice squad. So it's not necessarily a concern for me, but with D Eskridge being suspended the first six games, Jake Bobo has been good in the preseason. What does he do in the regular season, though? That is going to be a significant jump. Is he going to be able to continue to be productive? I think he will, but that is a worthwhile question to ask. So I still think with their situation, they're dealing with, with the injuries, that on offense, and, and maybe that just speaks volumes to how good of an offense this is, that I'm saying that that might be the biggest area of concern for me. But I like what I'm seeing from the interior offensive line. I like some of the depth that they've got there with the two rookies playing better at the end of the preseason. I love the running back depth going into the practice squad, as we mentioned. So as far as offensive concerns, just the receivers and figuring out is one of those guys going to be able to be your main kick or punt returner. Maybe Winston's going to be promoted for a game or two to do that. Maybe he gets elevated to the roster on a full-time basis if one of those players I mentioned is an injured reserve. That is the biggest question mark to me on the offensive side of the football, just because there's a lot of moving parts and there are a lot of missing parts right now. Yeah, for me, the biggest concern on the offense uh, is basically very similar to on the defense. It's got on the offensive line, and I would actually would, would shift a little bit more to the outside uh, at the tackle position. I, clearly, you have two young super, two young stars, at least I believe, in Charles Cross and Abe Lucas, and I, I was pleased with what I thought was uh, some, you know, some disappointing lapses by Stone Forsythe, but I thought that he got better again against a Green Bay Packers team that did play their starters on the road. That was encouraging development there, development there in my opinion. I, I was, 
I, I still was surprised Jalen McKenzie is, is somebody that, that Seattle just decided to kind of cut bait on. I thought that he showed some flashes, but I like that Greg Island came back. Um, I think that he showed his versatility. He ple- previously had played tackle, was moved inside to play guard for the Seahawks. I like the positional versatility that he offers. And, of course, Jake Curran has that same type of ability as well. Still, I, I think that every NFL team out there right now is, is just begging for more offensive tackles. So I don't know. I don't think that the Seahawks are alone in looking for talented big men in that regard. But I love the fact that you mentioned the wide receiver position. I think that's a sneaky need um, just because of the fact that, uh, as you mentioned, with D. Eskridge and then, of course, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, you know, Cody Thompson, all these players that have some type of bugaboo that's kind of following them that could limit their availability. I think that that's going to be another position the Seahawks are going to kind of be keeping their eye on, especially for receivers who have, you know, are six foot and above. Um, and as far, quickly, as far as the return game, I think that's DJ Dallas's game. I think Aesop Winston has the, the ability. To me, he's a better return man than, say, Cade Johnson, for example. Trey Brown, I think, is also going to be in the mix. I think Seattle has options there, but at least in my mind, the the starter kick return, the starter punt return is the same guy it was a year ago, um, you know, and being DJ Dallas. Yeah, that may be the case. I just, it feels like you need a little more juice back there, in my opinion. I, and it, DJ Dallas has been reliable back there. He catches the punts. That's obviously a big deal. And he's done some nice things. There have been some kick returns that have been past the 35-yard line, but He'd like to see, can we find somebody that can be reliable back there that maybe just has a little more burst, a little bit more juice to handle that. And so I'm just curious what the Seahawks are going to do from that front and how much that weighs into which guys that they move on to the 53 if Kate John or uh, Cody Thompson and uh, Jarek Young end up on injured reserve, what route they're going to go. And, and I'm going to surprise people a little bit real quick as far as another position that suddenly I think the Seahawks might be at least out of the corner of their eye looking and seeing, may there be somebody out there that is worth bringing onto the practice squad that we can develop a little bit. And that's safety because Joey Blunt and Jonathan Sutherland both were waived with injury designations and have agreed to injury settlement. So they are not with the Seahawks right now. And you have Jared Reed II and Julian Love as the backups if Jamal Adams is healthy. That's the other X factor here. We don't know if Adams is going to be ready to play in week one, even though he's off the pup list. He's just getting started with walkthrough practices. So I think that that'd be pushing it for him to be ready in week one. Suddenly that's a position group as much depth as they had three days ago. Suddenly it's looking a little bit more barren. And Ty Okada is the guy that they ended up bringing back in the practice squad. And he did some decent things in the preseason and training camp, but that's a significant drop off from the four safeties they have in the roster to Okada. If he has to step up, onto the roster, and he has to ever play snaps on defense for the Seahawks. So I could see safety suddenly being a position that is a little bit under the radar. It's not a concern if you've got everybody healthy, but there have been some injury issues at that position, and you just lost two guys that you expected had a really good chance to be on your 53-man roster. So I do think that maybe there's a little bit of a question mark from a depth perspective that that might be a surprising position. They're looking at the waiver wire right now thinking who might be out there that could maybe help us that we could bring on to the special teams and safety on our practice squad. 
Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. Uh, you know, the, that's interesting development as far as with Sutherland and with Blunt, two players who, you know, really put up some impressive tape. Um, the fact that both of them are injured, I think the other NFL teams out there are going to be a little bit hesitant in signing them. And you just got to have some faith that, that the Seahawks know these players um, and, and, and feel confident that they are going to be keeping tabs on them. And when they are healthy, no one is going to know that quicker than Seattle. And, and so uh, I do think that there's a possibility to have those reunions uh you know kind of come to fruition because those are two players that fit in very nicely with what Seattle can do especially with blunt in the back end his instincts his speed and coverage to me is a classic three safety combination uh, classic three safety whereas with Sutherland his ability closer to the box would be excellent uh backup option behind Jamal Adams as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Rob at Rob Rang. Subscribe and follow Locked On Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast to ensure you don't miss a single episode. Come up on tomorrow's show. There may be some injury news for us to tackle. And of course, the consistent roster shuffling. We anticipate there's going to be plenty of news on that front. And we'll start to take a first peek at the Rams because week one is now less than a week and a half and away, a week and a half away. Rejoice regular season coming up quickly for the Seahawks and NFL fans. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Go Hawks.